This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online, and I've been playing hooky for the last couple of weeks. That's right, I haven't done a show, uh, and I and I, I did put up a bonus show the first week I didn't do one, uh, but I neglected to get, to get one up for the second week. I like to try to do that. If I take time off, I'd like to put bonus shows up if I can, uh, and I could for that first week. The second week, I just... Um, I just didn't have time. It's, it's weird, because it doesn't take much to get them going. It's just that I was busy watching baseball. <laughs> it's that time of year. It's the baseball time of year. It's uh, it's the postseason, and that's the best time of the year for me. I love October, although the first part of October, weather-wise, here in Minnesota, was just awful. It was cold. It was rainy and overcast barely any sun uh it snowed one day uh, on a sunday or something it snowed a bit didn't stay but uh, the last few days have been pretty nice so that's uh you know that makes it that makes up for some crappy yucky days october's supposed to be great the whole month it, it, it the first couple a week and a half or so it, it felt like it was november like we just skipped right past October, went right to November. And anyway, so why was I gone two weeks? Um, well, the, that first week that I didn't do a show was because I was sick again. Uh, I got a cold and I was in, uh, feeling pretty bad. It was about three days into the cold at that point. And I was coughing and sniffling and sneezing and all that. And there would have been no way I'd have gotten through a show without hacking up half a lung. Plus the fact that I had worked a 14-hour day that Friday, and when I, I normally record these shows on Friday nights, and so I'd already put in a 14-hour day, and I was sick, and just I was like, uh. And I had notes prepared. In fact, uh, most of the notes I have in in my show prep book right here in my left hand uh, were written up for doing a show then, but I just couldn't do it. Just uh, just was out of it. So, uh, I did manage to put up a bonus. Uh, the other thing that, uh, the other reason why I wasn't here uh, was that the next week, the following week, was because it was a big day. That Saturday was a big day. Sa- Saturday, October 13th is a big day. Uh, it's, each year it's a big day for its own right, but this, this particular year, this year, 2018, it was a, a big day for a couple other reasons. Um, the main reason it's a big day is that it's uh, Amy's, that's my wife, and my uh, 17th wedding anniversary. We've been married for 17 long years. That's a joke we say. We, we, we do love each other and enjoy being married most of the time. You know, you know how it goes, right? Yeah. No, we're, we're good. We're cool. Uh, and and so that was our anniversary, and and the day being uh, being big was also a little bittersweet. Now the it, it, that was obviously the sweet part of it, and then there was another little event that that was pretty much a sweet part of it too, except it just reminded me of how old I am, and that was it was also the occasion for my high school class reunion. Uh, the class of 1983, so that's 35 years since I've graduated high school. And so that night, 
on our anniversary, Amy and I went to the reunion, met up with a bunch of folks that I went to school with uh, that uh, hadn't seen, most of whom I haven't seen for a long time. Uh, some, a couple of them, uh, some contact with either in the actual world or through through the Facebook. A couple few, through, uh, two or three through Facebook. And then this one, my friend John, who uh, lives just a few blocks from here, but we just don't manage to hook up and do something as often as we as we used to. And uh, I'm hoping uh, starting next month he does this pool league at a local bar that used to be the bar I hung out at back in the day. Uh, he and I will be, you know, he'll be doing part of the pool league on Monday nights. And I might stop by on some Monday nights just to see him, you know, and uh, hang out and have a beer. Um, I might do that. I can't guarantee things because most of the time, if I'm not working, I just like to be home. <laughs> I just really do. So that's so there was that, and it was it was it was uh, it was fun, and it was cool to see the people. And um, much like my reaction five years ago at the 30-year reunion, uh, when at the time I turned to Amy and I said, um, "I can't be as old <laughs> as some of these people." Meaning, some of them, well, you know, seemed like they've they their uh, meter ran a little faster than mine. Uh, either that, or I just think I look younger. <laughs> and I, I had some of that sort of that same feeling this time. Uh, not at quite as much because I, I I've gotten a little more gray in the beard and a little more gray in the hair. You know, so I, a little bit. But I still, I st I don't have a beer belly. Which is nice, and uh, a few of the guys there had, uh, you know, had extended their waistlines. Uh, and I got to wear my suit. Uh, there were a couple few guys wearing suits. Um, I think most didn't, but it was. Geez, I've had the thing for three years, and I've only had like two occasions to wear it now. So I thought, what the hell? I I, I asked a friend of mine, uh, "What are you wearing to the reunion?" And he said, "I'm gonna wear a suit." And I said, "I was thinking of it." But I don't know if I want to look like I'm overcompensating. And he says, ah, we're old. Who cares? <laughs> so I thought, you're right. I'll put on the suit. I did get told by one of my classmates, a female, who I don't remember <laughs> from the school days. I might not have had her in any classes. We had something like 400 kids in our class. So a few peoples I didn't know. And, and at some point in the night, a bunch of us were standing there and she just said, well, you're the best dressed here. <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, okay, so that's that's all part of the suite. The bitter was that it was the one-year anniversary of uh, Amy's father dying. And, uh, yeah, he died on her anniversary last year, in 2017. And so, you know, so there's that. There's That is part of our anniversary now. And I don't look at it as a bad thing. I look at it as a, you know, a little more special. It's just a, we certainly won't forget her father and when that you know when that happened and and uh, where we were at that time and and how that went. So it was a big day. So I just didn't have time to put a show together for that day. It was a it was a big day, and with baseball getting in between, <laughs> it just yeah I just couldn't. Just couldn't do it. Uh, we are in the postseason for baseball. Uh, the World Series isn't quite set up just yet. We know the Boston Red Sox will be playing, but we're not sure yet if it's going to be the uh, Milwaukee Brewers or the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. I was really hoping for a Dodgers-Astros, Houston Astros uh, World Series. That would be a, um, a rematch of last year's World Series. But uh, I, you know, I was hoping for that. Uh, but, you know... Either the Dodgers or the Brewers. Uh, I'm kind. I'm still pulling for the Dodgers a little bit. I'm not sure why. I, well, I think I, I have a friend who lives out there, and it's his team. And I, I suppose I, uh, I'm pulling for them because he's pulling for them. But Milwaukee hasn't had a lot of uh, visits to the World Series. I think it's only been one time before. They've never won one. And and you know it'd be nice. Yeah, I sent them to get a chance. But I do know that the Fox Sports Network. They really want to see a Red Sox-Dodgers, uh, you know, two of the old teams, East Coast, West Coast, you know, the whole that kind of thing. They're look, they're hoping for that because it's it'll be a they're figuring a bigger audience, right? 
right. And um, also, uh, another thing that's excellent about uh, this time of year, it being the postseason in baseball, uh, the hated Yankees aren't in it. Oh, they made it to the postseason, but the Red Sox beat them in the division series. So that's good. You see, it's good for baseball to have a competitive, even a, a powerful hated Yankees team throughout the regular season. And it's still good for baseball if they make it into the postseason. But it's really good for baseball if they don't win in the postseason, especially if they, if they, if they make it into the World Series and they lose the World Series. Uh, this this Yankees team needs to lose another you know hundred or ninety some World Series or not be in a World Series any combination for another ninety or so years they need to because that'll be good for baseball uh, and so yeah so that's where I was didn't do a show sorry um, yeah okay now. Did you remember to do your homework? Remember the last new show I did? No, it wasn't the last new show. It was the second to the last new show that I did. You have to go back, and I don't know what the date was on it. I can turn a couple pages back and find it. Let's see. Uh, it was the uh, uh, September 22nd show. Show number 380. I've done 300, and this is the 382nd show that I've done. Dimland Radio. And I've had 300 uh, downloads. No, I, I don't know. Just don't get me started. I do this. This is the best-kept secret on the Internet. Dimland Radio is the best-kept secret on the Internet. That is my new slogan. <laughs> or I have some slogans. That's one of the new ones. The best-kept secret on the Internet, Dimland Radio. If you listen to the show, you are an elite group of people. A very small group of people. <laughs> <laughs> to listen to this show. <laughs> I choose to look at it as, you know, you are a very select group. And and this is the Internet's best-kept secret. The best-kept secret on the Internet is Dimland Radio. Uh, okay, so there was a homework assignment that I gave you in the three cool things that I talked about. and It was a video. Uh, it's a short film. It's a comedy film. It was uh, produced by Adult Swim. Uh, I don't have a lot of backstory on it about who the actors are in it and that kind of thing. I don't have a lot of that information. It's just that apparently there's a series of these little films about this character named Joe Para. And he's this uh, nebbish kind of white dude that uh, just an average guy, maybe a little, maybe a little socially slow, socially awkward or something, but just this guy that I guess is a music teacher in a high school or something like that. And there's this film. Now, I'm going to spoil the hell out of it for you because this because I have to talk about it and I I just have to. And you'll understand if you did watch it, you'll understand why I thought it was one worthy of being one of the cool things for that show because of well, what I'm going to tell you. So the name of the film is Joe Para reads you the church announcements. So it, it starts, we're in a church, and Joe Perra is sitting out in the congregation. There's not a ton of people in the church, but, you know, there's a fair amount of people there. And he gets up and goes to the podium, or the lectern, or whatever they call it, and starts to do the church announcements. And it's just your basic stuff, you know, the uh, the potluck will be happening this next Saturday or something, you know, things, something like that. It's not exactly that, but it's something like that. And don't go all pedantic on me, all right? <laughs> but uh, anyway, so that's that's what it is. He gets up there, so he starts with that, he does one announcement, and he goes into the next announcement, and then he stops. And this is why it was so cool. Because he looks up and he says, have you guys ever heard of The Who? And I, it, my friend Dave played it for me. He says, Here, watch this. And uh, he didn't tell me what it was going to be about. He just put it in there. Uh, I knew it was supposed to be funny because it was Adult Swim. That's a comedy thing. And so I was watching it. And then, and then out of the blue, he just says, have you guys ever heard of The Who? Now, Joe Para had never heard of The Who. This is happening in present day. Okay, so it's, this isn't some, you know, past sort of thing, flashback. No, this is happening in present day. And he starts talking about how he was washing the dishes. 
and he had his radio on. He's got one of these old shop radios, you know, just this kind of utility radio type things. It's just no frills, just radio. And he's got that setting on the counter, and he's doing the dishes, which consists of washing the dishes in the sink, those sinks full with suds, and then putting them in a dishwasher, which never made any sense to me. Why would you have a dishwasher if you're just going to wash them in the sink and put, I don't get it, just, just wash the dishes in the sink. Anyway, he's got the radio on, and this song comes on. And he, you know, and he said he, his hands were wet, so he couldn't change the station or anything. The song comes on that he'd never heard of before. And the song was one of the greatest songs ever written, ever. And it's Baba O'Reilly. You know, the Teenage Wasteland song, you know. And that comes on. And he's just mesmerized. And the comedy takes on from there. And he, just, he dances around his place. He's, he's going crazy about it. And he's doing a voiceover for this thing. Because you, as he's telling these people in the church, this is what he's telling them about what happened. He calls the radio station when the song ended, and he said, what was that song you just played? And the DJ says, seriously? Yeah, I've never heard it before. Oh, well, here, you're going to write this down. And so he's, he's writing it down. So, okay, the name of the band, he says, is The Who. Okay, now it's The Who. We don't want to do some Abbott and Costello routines. That's what he says in the joke. And, you know, so that's the name of the band. And the name of the song is Baba O'Reilly. Now, it's not Teenage Wasteland, but you know, I guess when a band is that great, they can name their songs whatever they want. Joke to that effect. So, gives this guy, Joe Parrott, this information. He's writing it down. He says, can you play it again? And he says, well, I'd love to, man, but I, I've got a request for Pearl Jam's Jeremy or something like that. Oh, okay. And but then he, he says, but you know, you can go out and buy it or something. And, and he hangs up, and you can still hear The radio is still on. It's not exactly accurate to the way things happen. There's a delay and all that. So they just kind of skim past all that because you can hear the DJ talking to him on the air saying, you know, you can buy the record or something. So he goes... He calls another radio station and requests a song, and he does this over and over and over again for something like 48 hours. He just, for, for maybe more than that, he just does it over and over again. He's listening to the song, and he's going, he's just, just, he's just freaking out in his house. He orders a pizza, and the pizza delivery guy comes, and he says, you, come in, you got to hear this. And so they're jumping around, and there's an intercut where he's having some work done on his car at some point to hear before he goes to church to do the, do the announcements. And he's having a, a CD player installed into his in his vehicle so that he can get the song and play it. And the guy doing the installation said, yeah, I've heard that song. What are you, an idiot? Everybody's heard of this song. And, and, and it just kind of builds from there. All right, and it's just, it's really funny. It goes a little long. It's an 11-minute bit. Brings in something about, uh, he also discovered Starbucks, which I suppose makes sense because it helps him stay awake so that he can continue to listen to The Who. And we get back to the church. You know, this whole thing, he's been walking back and forth, holding the microphone, talking about how great The Who is and how great Starbucks is. And uh, the priest comes over and says, um, thank you, Joe, uh, I, I think, you know, folks, you get the rest of the show notes will be in the in the bulletin. And uh, say, Joe, you, you know, you can go back and sit down. And Joe says, oh, sorry, it's just, it's such a great song. Have, have you ever heard it? And the priest says, I, I, I can't say that I have. Oh, well, it's great. It goes like this. And then Joe, Joe Paris starts doing the bum, bum, bum. And he's in front of the congregation. And he starts doing the song. And... And the, the congregants just they're all looking bemused and sort of smiling and nodding along. And he starts doing the lyrics, you know, out here in the field, I fight for my meal, I get my back into my living. And the congregation joins in with him. And that leads to one of these. time for another Dimland Radio pedantic moment. What did they get wrong this time, Dim? Oh, well, I'll tell you what they got wrong. See, when he's doing the song in front of the church, and they join in and sing him, he says, out here in the, he sings, out here in the field, I fight for my meal. Now, this is, I'm slightly pedantic on this one, because I can't exactly nail it, nail it down, but I'm pretty sure that Daltrey sings out here in the fields, plural, I fight for my meals. It's an ongoing thing. 
It's not just out here in the field I fight for my meal. It's not just a one thing. It's an ongoing thing. Out here in the fields I fight for my meals. But I listened to the song over and over and over and turned it up. I tried to find lyrics online. And online they say it's field and meal. So I got to think, well, okay, I'll, it seems like the evidence is pointing to that. But my ears are hearing fields and meals. Uh, so, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'd have to call up Pete and see and say, what's the lyric? But, you know, he doesn't take my calls. Uh, and I call him constantly. I you know there's something wrong with me. Anyway, but I do know. See, so he says, okay, out here in the field, I fight for my meal. Okay, fine. I get my back into my living. That's okay. I don't need to fight. Sure, he's got it. To prove that I'm right. Ah! <laughs> no, no. It's not to prove that I'm right. And then at that point, the whole congregation is singing with him, and then they all say, they all sing to prove that I'm right. That's not the line. There's no that in there. It's, I don't need to fight to prove I'm right. That I know. That I know I'm right about. Absolutely. Anyway, if you did your homework, you will have seen a, a funny film that was pretty good. And I'm going to take my first break, and I'll be back after that. Oh boy, I made it. And I got to take a sip of my beer, and I got to. My throat's getting a little dry. You know how that goes. But uh, I'll be. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll be right back after this break. Where the hell have you been? Well, I told you I, I, I was sick, and then. Oh, oh, right, never mind. You hear the most annoying sound in the world? You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Carbon monoxide is a colorless, odorless gas that can be fatal. Don't use anything indoors that burns fuel, such as gasoline powered generators, camp stoves and lanterns, or charcoal grills. Opening doors and windows or using fans isn't enough. Have your vents and chimneys checked to make sure water heater and gas furnace exhausts aren't blocked. If you feel sick, dizzy, or weak while using a generator, get to fresh air right away. From the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. Oh, Lord, honey, can somebody tell me what my future holds? Hey, man, you think I can get a reading? Wrong answer. It's time for Dimland Radio. With your host, Dr. Dim, Jim Fitzsimmons, only on Z Talk Radio. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Well, I have a story to tell you guys, and I think I've told this story before in the show a long time ago, but I'm going to tell it again because I think it is somewhat relevant to some of the recent events happening in our wonderful country of the United States of America. Uh, if you listen in another country, thanks, but you know this is about America. Uh, but it is also about memory. And so, let me just tell you this story. 
Uh, back in uh, October of 1996, I started working at a silk screening shop in downtown Minneapolis. Uh, I was a staff artist, and there were two artists on staff at the time. And, you know, worked on the second floor of this building in the warehouse district of Minneapolis. Uh, the building has five stories and a, and a basement. So the basement, first floor, second floor, that, that was the business. Third, fourth, and fifth floor floors were... Um, loft apartments that, that the that the bosses of the silk screening shop, they owned the building, they rented those out. Um, <clears throat> the second floor uh, with the art department was just, of course, obviously just below the third floor, so um, you know we could hear third floor tenants walking around up there. Uh, and there was one, there were two guys living up there on the, th on the third floor. They were roommates. They weren't Friends, the, the guys that they met online or something like that, and, or just in the papers, and need a you know roommate for share rent expenses, that kind of a thing. And one of the guys was moving out, and we knew that. We knew him a little better than the other guy up there because he would stop into the office as he came home from work late in the day, uh, but he'd usually get done you know back to the you know somewhere around four thirty or so. So he must have. Whatever, ever, whatever. He got out early enough, so he would see us in the office. So we we knew he was moving, and there was one day, uh, I was working with the other artist, second floor up above us. We heard furniture moving. We heard uh, boxes being set down, or you know, heavy things being set on the floor and moved, and footsteps all going all over the place. We just heard that. And we thought, wow, there's a lot of activity up there. But we knew one of the guys was moving out, so we figured getting stuff ready and so we just dismissed it we were busy it was a busy it was a particularly busy day uh, in the whole shop you know the printers were going on at it the the the, pe the people in the office had a lot of customers coming through and we up in the art department were busy working away on our stuff and so we just we just kind of just didn't pay much attention to what was going on up there it just made note that it was really noisy up there but we just figured the guy's moving I got called down to the office at some point to work with a customer and when I made my way back upstairs and walking up the steps there was these three fellows three men coming down from above second floor and I indicated to them that I was going through the door at the second floor landing there into the art department one of the guys opened the door for me I said thanks and went on in I didn't really think much of it uh, other than one of the guys was carrying this very unusual case it was very boxy big rectangular thing very boxy with the lid that had uh, that the one part would fold over with a handle in the middle and then the the other flap would come over the top of that and latch and the handle would come up through a hole in the middle of that flap so I just thought it was unusual I just made note of it but I didn't really think anything of it that these three guys were coming downstairs because we had tenants living in the building people visited all the time just I just you know just didn't even think about it so I went back to work well the end of the day was arriving, and I was hanging out down in the office talking with one of the printers and the office manager. Uh, when that one tenant came home and said hey to us, you know, the guy that was moving, said, hey guys, how's it going? We talked for a few minutes, and he went up to his, up to his apartment. Within, I don't know, ten minutes, five minutes, or something like that, he was back down in the office saying, you know, guys, <laughs> somebody's ransacked the apartment. Somebody's, you know, broken in and, and just tore it apart. Um, you know, did you guys see anything, hear anything? So I said, well, you know, I did hear a bunch of stuff being, you know, we could hear that in the art department. We heard a bunch of stuff being moved around, footsteps and all that. And then, and then later I saw these three guys coming down the stairs from, you know, above second floor. And I described the three guys. The printer said, I saw those three guys at about the same time of the day in the entryway of the building and this, we had this, there was this vestibule that as you come into the building they were kind of big wide open vestibule they were in there milling about He's, he noticed them so the tenant says can you great can you guys stay in because the police are coming I'm going to give a report can you stay and, and, and tell them what you saw and sure now the office manager who you know he, he didn't see anything he was busy with customers it was a busy day in the office didn't see anything. And, and he wanted to hang around because he was curious as how it would go with the police. So he's, you know, he's curious, wants to know. He hangs around, right? 
and it's taking a while. And it gets to be after 5 o'clock, and it gets to be a little bit after 5 o'clock, and then the office manager says, you know, guys, uh, I guess, you know, I can't wait any longer. I'm just going to go, you know, just let me know what happens, you know, tomorrow. So he left. The police officer comes shortly after that. The printer and I, we give our information. I mention the case, and that perked up the police officer's interest a little bit. He said, huh, that's curious, or that's interesting. Uh, and he, he said, that sounds like a case that uh, detectives use, uh, an evidence case, when they're on a crime scene. That's it's, it's what it sounds like, something like that. So he says, that's interesting. So, okay, we file the report. The police officer leaves. We all go home. And, you know, the tenant goes up and starts to straighten up his apartment, I guess. And we don't know anything about any more about it for another day, two, three days, or something like that. It took a couple few days before we learned what was what had happened. Uh, one of the things we learned a couple days later, uh, the, the across the street from us was a design firm of some sort on the second floor, and their their windows face out at our building, and and they like to watch us, <laughs> or you know they did when I was working there, probably still do, and one of the people that worked there, a woman, knew one of our guys that worked at our, our shop. And they were, you know, they were good friends, and she would come over and visit him frequently. And so we got to know her, too. Uh, she told us that that day, they noticed that uh, three guys got out of this car that parked in front of our building, and they, they got out, and on the backs of their shirts, or sweatshirts, were the big letters D-E-A. It's a drug enforcement agency, I believe. That's what it stands for. So these three guys get out of the vehicle, and they put windbreakers or something over their over their shirts so that the DEA is hidden. And they walked into our building, and that's you know. So that's that was the, that was the information we got from her. And then the tenant came to us, and we said, "Well, what happened?" You know, and he said, "Oh, it, it was the DEA. They were investigating his roommate." He said, I did eventually find a search warrant. Uh, the roommate apparently was a suspected uh, drug dealer uh, and had several places of residence in Minneapolis, and they were they were checking out to see what evidence they could find. And so that's what we found out. All right? That was, you know, that was the story. Now, uh, in spring of 1999, I left working at the, the silk screen shop. I went to work for an ad agency. That was a crazy few months working there. And the guy that hired me, a friend of mine, got fired. And I saw the writing on the wall. Even though they, they all loved me there, uh, I thought, you know, the problems that they were putting on his desk are going to be on my desk. And they're going to think that, you know, what happened to you? And I thought, i got to get out of here. This place is crazy. I ended up going back to the silk screen shop. Except... Not in the art department. I went to work in the office. Uh, they had hired a young woman to take my place uh, in the art department, and that turned out to be uh, she. I met her when going back to visit while I was working at the ad agency. She's my wife. That's Amy. She got hired there. We met through there, and uh, so we were involved with each other by the time I started working there. I think we were living together by the time I, I started working at the place again. And this time I'm working in the office with that office manager, and he had a an irksome personality. He could be cool enough, but sometimes just could just get under your skin. There was certain things about him I could tell you, I could spend an hour talking about the things that he would do. I won't. But there was one thing that he did that uh, that got under my skin. However, I never called him on it. Well, I'll just tell you. Over the next, I don't know, few years of working there, there were occasions where he would be talking with the customer, and this story of the DEA agents coming into our building would come up. I don't know how. They just would. And I would be at my desk, and he's talking to the customer, and he's telling them the story. He's telling them the story as though he was there. Now, he was there in the building, but he wasn't there to see any of this stuff. He didn't stay behind to give a police report. It was the printer who saw the guys in the in the entryway, and it was me who uh, you know, who heard them up above the art department and saw them on the stairs. You know, it, it, shortly after that, uh, he didn't see anything. 
Right? The office manager didn't see anything. He couldn't stay for the police report. He had to go home. But he tells the story to the people that he saw them in the entryway. He saw the DEA letters on their, on their shirts. He saw them sneak their way up the stairs. He would tell this story. And I wouldn't say anything to him in front of the customers for sure because it, you know that's bad form to do that. And, but then I wouldn't say anything to him afterward. Uh, but I'd, t- I'd go talk to Amy about it, and we just growl, 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 God damn it, he's got to make himself part of everything. He's got to be part of the story. It's not good enough just to just tell the story as it was. He's got to make himself part of the story. And that's how we reacted to it. And this happened several times, he would tell the customers. And then one day, he told me. We were having a conversation. It came up. I don't know how it came up. It did. And he tells me the same thing. Sees those guys come in, sees the DEA on the backs of the shirts, sees them sneak up the stairs. And when he finishes telling me that, I said, no, you didn't. He said, what do you mean? He says, you didn't see anything. It was the printer and I that stayed behind to give the police report. We were the ones that saw the guys. You didn't see anything. You were too busy with the customers. You weren't even there, essentially. Oh, he didn't like hearing that. He stepped back to his desk and just gave me the silent treatment for the rest of that day and for the next day or two. I was in my cups. I was like, yeah, (laughs) I showed you. But here's the thing. That was, I don't know, that was in the 2000s. And I was was into the skeptical thing, learning more about it and learning more about it. And as years have gone on, I've learned even more. And uh, you're learning about how memory works and how bad it is. You know, I've often said, memory is not videotape. And it's not, uh, you know. It's you. You when you remember an event, it's it's you're telling that the story of the event again, and it's just anything that's happened between the event and your and your mem- remembering it can affect that event and affect how you remember it. Somebody else could mention something that they remembered of that event, and then somehow that becomes part of your memory. And I didn't realize that at the time. I I thought I thought he was putting himself in the story just to you know just to stroke his ego, and and he probably wasn't. He probably really did remember it exactly the way he told it, that he saw those guys, they saw the DEA and the shirts, saw him sneak up the stairs, that he he pictures that in his mind's eye. So when I shot him down, I could have probably done it. A little, you know, if was if if it was after I've learned more, I would have said, you know, I, I I know you probably remember it that way, but that's not the way I remember it happening, and be more gentle about it. You know, the way I remember it is, you know, this, that, and the other, and and you know, let him down gently. Don't slam the door on him. But boy, it felt good, and now I feel kind of bad about it because. Kind of, it was a little jerk of, of me, but I didn't know better. But still, you know. But the thing is, all this is my memory too. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm pretty confident that that's what the story is of the of the DEA agents. But I can't be 100 percent because memory's not videotape. And I bring this up because of recent events, and you know, the Kavanaugh, uh, Bailey. Ford, said her name, um, you know, the allegations of sexual misconduct and assault and all that kind of stuff. And it's been many, many years, and you wonder, how, geez, how, do, we, how, do, how do we look at something like that? Um, I did listen to the Skeptics Guide of the Universe. They talked about it, and they said that, you know, knowing what psychologists know now about memory and traumatic memory, that her testimony was very much... What is ex- what they see in people who have traumatic experiences, and they have the, the memories of those traumatic experiences. Yeah, I saw that, but I don't want to get too deep into that. <laughs> I mean, he's on the court now, which is, uh, but I, you know, the guy's my age. <laughs> Just I felt like what? No. And, you know, maybe this is me just being a little biased because he is my age. But I look at it and I think, you know, whenever I've heard any other Supreme Court justice nominee or justice talking, 
they all I always get the impression that these people are smarter than I am. They're they're just plain out plain old smarter than I am. You know, Clarence Thomas, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Anthony Antonin Scalia, uh, that Roberts, John Roberts. You know, that's the name of the Chief Justice, right? And whenever I've heard them talking, the other ones that that aren't you know on the Supreme Court anymore. Whenever I've heard them, these people are smarter than me. I didn't get that reaction to Kavanaugh. I thought this guy. I mean, he might be smarter than me, but I just I don't know. And I don't. It's there's problems, but well, it's a it's a done deal now. We'll just see how it goes. Um. Anyway, I've reached my next break. Let's uh, let's go to that. And uh, uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons, and I will be back after this break. Other guys. The finger. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. A few years ago, Steve Faircow's lungs were failing. I don't think I had more than a couple weeks to live. That's when Steve received a lung transplant made possible by an organ donor. Now Steve can do things he never imagined, like climbing 94 floors to the top of a skyscraper. I never knew that breathing could feel this good. It's an incredible gift. What could you make possible as an organ, eye, and tissue donor? Leave behind the gift of life. Go to organdonor.gov, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Hey, y'all. This is Tangina. You're going to give me whiplash looking up there, too. I've cleaned many houses, and I don't know what it is that hovers over Dr. Dem's house, but it was strong enough to punch a hole into this world and take his wallet away from him. And I think what we might be dealing with is the beast. Hold on. Did you just say that Dr. Dem doesn't believe in poltergeists, tiny fortune tellers, or the beast? Well, holy sh**. Why the didn't somebody tell me? Anyway, Dr. Dem's a skeptic. He'll be right back on ztalkradio.com. I still think this house is clean. Movies like Contagion are fiction, but disease outbreaks can and do happen. Early detection allows public health officials at the state, local, and federal levels to manage and reduce the spread and impact of a contagious disease. CDC stands ready to respond. Our scientists work 24-7 to address current and potential health threats. For more information about CDC's work or how you can stay healthy, visit www.cdc.gov. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, I might have more to talk about with memory and how do we look at certain memory claims. Maybe I'll talk about it next week. I'm not going to promise that I'll talk about it next week because, you know, that homework thing went. <laughs> but uh, I had more to talk about tonight, but uh, it's kind of heavy stuff. And I want to give it a little more time than I can do right now, and so I'll uh, I'll just put that on the back burner. Just remember, um, memory is not videotape, and you never be a hundred percent certain of of your memory. Always leave a little room for, well, I could be wrong. I might be remembering it wrong. So just just try to just you know just remember that that's that's what you should. 
<laughs> just remember. <laughs> I get what I just said there. That that's what you should do when you're thinking of your memories because yeah, it's not so good. Okay, so <clears throat> before I forget, uh, uh, what I need to do next is I have one of these. It's not true, it's not true. I'm telling you, cause I'm up here and you're nowhere. It's not true. So there. Uh, what's not true is um, uh, this this came up on Facebook today. Uh, you guys remember uh, Tootsie Pops? Uh, I think they're still around. They're the uh, little uh, suckers that have the chocolate filling, the little Tootsie Roll glob of chocolate in the middle of a, of a candy sucker thing. And uh, they, they came uh, onto the market in 1931. Uh, the Tootsie Company or whatever the name of the company is put those out. And I'm not sure when this started, but uh, they would put these little wrappers on the on the individual Tootsie Pops and um, on the wrappers would be the logo and a bunch of uh, little illustrations of kids playing doing stuff right and and to my eye the illustrations look like 1950s type stuff like uh, like the Dick and Jane books from when, when those first books you learn to read from um, if you're of a certain age of course and that's the, to my eye. That's the illustration looks like about that time period, the 1950s. Uh, I could be wrong. It could go back all the way to 1930s. I don't know, but uh, that's what it looks like to me. But anyway, did you ever hear about the the significance of the the kid dressed as an Indian, a Native American, but you know he's dressed up as a as an Indian, and he's got a bow and arrow, and he's aiming it at a star. Do you ever hear of the significance of that, of the rumor about that? Now, when I was a kid, if this is of course going by my memory. Uh, we, I just, I just remember us kids being excited to get the wrapper that had the Indian on it, and uh, it, it was, you know, and I, and I, I know I, I, I say Indian. It wasn't a Native American. It just—it's—I look at it and I see a white kid dressed up as an as an Indian. That's what I see. So, but so I'm just going to call him an Indian, okay? So just for for clarity's sake, or for brevity's sake, whichever. Anyway, I what I remember was we just would be excited to get one. Oh, I got the Indian, and that was that would be as far as it would go. There wouldn't be any more to it. I asked my wife about it. Do you remember anything about that? And she said, well, we talked about this before. And I said, no, no, no. I, mean, I just, what do you remember of it? I don't want to lead you. I want to just tell me what you remember of the Indian. What was the significance? And she said, well, we just, it was lucky to get the, the Indian shooting the star. And, and I said, do you remember anything else about it? Was there any other aspect to it? That you remember, and she said, "No, this is it was something that was luck." And I then I explained to her that I have a Facebook friend who lives in Kansas. His wife used to be on a show here on Z Talk Radio, uh, and and I got to know him through her. And uh, he's a Facebook friend, and occasionally we have little chats and stuff. He's a uh, uh, he's a little interested in the paranormal and supernatural type stuff. A uh, little less skeptical than I am, but you know we have our we've had some nice chats about that, and we we have similar interests. I think we're mm, I'm a bit older than him, but we're not that far off in age. Um, anyway, he posted on Facebook today a picture of one of the rappers with the Indian kid shooting this the star, and he said. Does anybody else remember, or did anybody else when they were kids take these wrappers to the store to get your free Tootsie Pop? You could redeem it. If it had the Indian on there, you could redeem it for uh, a, Tootsie, a free Tootsie Pop. And that was the first I'd ever heard of that. I'd never heard that before. I said, really? I didn't know that was a thing. And so I started looking into it, and it, it was a thing, but it wasn't a thing. It was a rumor that went around. 
the Tootsie Company never had that as a as a promotion. They never had that as a thing. They said that uh, uh, you know one out of every four to six wrappers would have an Indian on it, and that's the same ratio of any of the other characters that they would print on them. Uh, they, 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 there was no, there was nothing significant about it. But, but what was interesting, if you go to, I'll, I'll link to these things on the show notes. You can go to Dimland Radio or go to Dimland.com, click on the blog option, and you'll get to the show notes, and I'll link to it on there. Uh, you can get to the Tootsie site, the Tootsie.com, where they explain that there never was any such promotion. Uh, they don't know how the rumor started. They have no idea how this came about. How the, the, that Indian took on any kind of significance? It just it was something that happened somehow, and they said we never did have that kind of promotion. And then, uh, but what was interesting though the way Tootsie.com talks about it. They don't talk about the Indian kid. They talk about the shooting star. They call it a shooting star, which it's not a shooting star. It's just a star, just sitting there. There's no motion lines from it, as far as I can recall. Maybe there are, and I might be wrong, but I don't recall them being there. But the Indian is aiming the arrow, you know, the kid dressed as an, as an Indian, is aiming an arrow at the star. But they call it a shooting star. I think they probably don't want to be ethnically insensitive. So that's what they say. Uh, and then there are, you know, Snopes.com, of course, shows that the, the information is that, it's, that it never happened. But my friend has distinct memories of taking the wrapper to the store and getting a free Tootsie Pop for it. There's a couple of things here. One, his memory's wrong. He's remembering the rumor. He's heard the rumor that you could get a free one. He's remembering that rumor and somehow has incorporated that into uh, memories of getting a free Tootsie Pop. That's a possibility. Or his local store, mom and pop shop, or whatever they had there, thought, you know, had kids coming in saying, you, we get a free one, right? And maybe at first they said, oh, no, no, you don't. But then they saw more kids come in. And they thought, well, this might be good for business. What's it going to cost us to give away a few Tootsie Pops? Yes, certainly. You know, if it gets their parents to shop here or if it gets them to come back and spend some money, that's probably good for business. So maybe that's what happened. Uh, I, I, I will prefer the second explanation over the he has the false memory, although it is possible. And somebody else chimed in in the Facebook thread saying that, well, that happened at our store. But my wife and I, our memory is that we just, you know, she said it was a, uh, it was a lucky sign. And I just, you know, a good luck charm or something. And I just thought it was, uh, we just, way we got the Indian, yay. <laughs> and that's all we thought. But, but bringing it to the store to get a free Tootsie Pop, well, that's not true. Before I wrap up tonight, let's get to my three cool things. Uh, I was going to say one of the cool things is that the baseball postseason's here and the Yankees aren't in it. That is cool, but I already talked about it. So I've got three other things. Um, one is the uh, a friend of mine, uh, one of the elders of the Minnesota Skeptics, a fellow named Travis. Uh, he and his family went on a trip to Europe. Uh, people get to do things like that, people with money or no fear of going into debt. Uh, um, he went to Italy and Switzerland and some other places. And when he was in Italy, I could think there's a church in Milan, a cathedral or something in Milan, that has these really magnificent statues in it. That's, you know, the Catholics had a good time with making great statues back in the day. And there, he shows me some pictures of a statue of St. Bartholomew. And he says, now... I know what you're thinking when you're looking at this, that the the it's a really accurate anatomy sculpture, you know, really cut muscle musculature, and you see, you know, you just really see it. It's like it's really well cut, you know. It's like this guy's, you know, not an ounce of body fat on him, and that's just. You, 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 I know that's what it looks like, but he's and and he's he's got this this some kind of fabric uh, draped around him covering his naughty bits, which is a bummer, but, you know, what are you going to do? And 
he's got this fabric it's just draped it's long it's like it's 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 like the it's like uh, tom baker's uh doctor in doctor who and the big scarf except it's a lot wider of a scarf and a lot longer and it's just and it's just folds and rolls and draping and it's just all you know wrapped around him right and now i'll put pictures of this on the show notes so you can take a look well what it is that's not some fabric hanging around him it's not linen it's not you know cloth it's not something like that it's his skin you see saint bartholomew was skinned alive at least that's the legend and i'm assuming he was skinned alive because he wouldn't renounce god or something like that so they skinned him alive and he's often shown in paintings with his being having been skinned carrying his skin sometimes in paintings and sculptures there are others sometimes he's carrying the shears that were used and he and here's the in that it's the, the at this particular statue is so fantastic and that's why it's cool it's one of the cool things but here's something else that's kind of cool now it, it's the, the the Catholic Church has a real obsession with torture and 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 death and all that, uh, like a lot of religions. Um, but you know, Catholics really like the torture and the stuff. And he's and their saints are patrons of some group of people. You know, there's there's Saint Luke, is the patron saint of the lost cause, or the lost causes, and uh, patron saint of uh, of the police. Not the ban, the actual police, police officers. And uh, maybe the ban, but, you know. Uh, yeah, so something like that. Well, Barth, St. Bartholomew is the patron saint of tanners. And I don't mean people who lay out in the sun to risk skin cancer. No, I mean people who work with animal skins, with leather. Tanners. This guy who was skinned alive, at least according to the legend, is the patron saint of tanners. How dark and disturbed a sense of humor is that? I mean, I give 10 points to the Catholic Church for coming up with that one. Now, those 10 points don't, ain't going to matter much because they got so many points against them. You know, <laughs> harboring child rapists. <laughs> That's a real good thing. But let me tell you, <laughs> he's the patron saint of tanners. The statue itself, I don't know who the artist was, it's just brilliant. It's fantastic. I'll put the pictures up. You can check it out in the show notes. Go to dimland.com. Go to the show, uh, the blog option, and you'll get the show notes. That's one cool thing. The other cool thing is uh, <clears throat> this thing about vegans. Oh, man. It's a tweet, I think, or it's a response to a tweet or something. Somebody made a statement out there. I'll link to the image. Uh, some vegan... And vegans are just fine people, but they, they everybody's got to know they're vegan. You know how do you how do you know someone's a vegan? Don't worry, they'll tell you. Uh, Pendulet, he's he's he tells you he's a vegan. Although I've been paying attention to his show, he doesn't talk about veganism every show, but pretty close. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, someone apparently named Karen said, "We're the only species that drinks milk after infancy. Da da uh, dairy is bad for you." And this person responded by saying, we're also the only species that drinks peach, mango, pineapple, spirulina, kale smoothies, Karen. Please let me eat my cheese in peace. I was diagnosed with high blood pressure at a young age. I was 28 or something like that. That's pretty young. And I was getting blood pressure medication from my pharmacy. And at some point, the, one of the pharmacists that I was getting the medication from said, you know, looked at me and said, you shouldn't have high blood pressure. You're too young. So you drink milk? And I said, uh, yeah. And so he was saying, well, that's why I got high blood pressure. You know, humans are the only animals that continue to drink milk after they're, after they're done being babies. And I didn't really have a snappy response for him. thought about it later, and I said, well, I don't continue to drink my mother's milk. I drink cow's milk. You know, and I, and truth be told, I never did drink my mother's milk because she was part of that generation where the pediatricians were discouraging mothers from using breast milk, and they were encouraging to use formula. But then they realized, no, nah, you know, breast milk's better. There was a time it happened. Science is not always right. They get things wrong, but then science figures it figures out that they got that wrong and they correct it. So anyway, 
I wish I could have said to him, there you go. we're also the only species that uh, that drinks peach mango, pineapple, spirulina. I don't know what spirulina is. Kale smoothies. Yeah. So just, you know, please, just let me eat my cheese in peace. Okay? <clears throat> Which is cool. Now, uh, the last cool thing of the three cool things, I watched... Uh, uh, the movie Rock and Roll High School, which I think came out in 1978, and it's pretty much a love letter to the to the band the Ramones. It's a Roger Corman produced movie, and if you know anything about Roger Corman, his movies are always very low budget. Uh, they always, you know, quite often, made money. I shouldn't say they always made money, but they were made cheaply. They were done quick, and you know, and they were usually pretty campy and pretty, you know, whatever. And this movie is really campy. It's really silly. It's not very funny. In fact, I only chuckled at, a, at one thing, but it's intriguing. It's got some great music in it. Not just the Ramones music. There's some other great alternative music from that date, that time period, in that movie, which is, you know, which is great. Um, and the Ramones show up in the movie, and they're they're fun, and, and it's you know it's the uh, you know the music's great. The movie's, yeah, but then it wasn't ever supposed to be a great film. It was just supposed to be fun, and it, it is. It's weird. It's silly. It's yeah. But the cool thing in there is that uh, the stereotypically evil principal, new principal of the school, this woman that uh, takes over the school, she wants to break the will of the students, and and she's going to break the will of the students by by breaking the will of the the leader of the students, this uh, Riff Reynolds, I think her name is. She's played by P.J. Souls. And she's this real hip chick who loves the Ramones, and she's writing songs for them. She wrote the song Rock and Roll High School, which in the movie she did, but in real life the Ramones wrote it. And so she, she's trying to get to the Ramones to give them the song. <clears throat> the principal uh, has does a, a science experiment within the movie uh, showing how t evil rock and roll is, how terrible it is. That the, 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 more, the harder a band rocks, the higher they are on her rockometer, or rockometer, the higher they are on that, the more devastatingly terrible they are. You know, that's bad they are for you. It's, they, they, they make mice blow up. Okay, so the Ramones are at the top, the top of the meter. And I'll show you a picture that's got five, uh, five other bands on there. Right? Uh, four of the bands. Let's see what you need. Four of the bands. The top is the Ramones. Okay. At number five, uh, I think it's Led Zeppelin. Then it's Ted Nugent. Then it's the Rolling Stones. And this is what makes it cool. Number two, The Who. That's right. Even the makers of the Rock and Roll High School movie put The Who up above the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin. And Ted Nugent, what the hell is he doing on there? I put ACDC on there before Ted Nugent, and I wouldn't put Zeppelin behind that. You know, they'd be above uh, the uh, the uh, Rolling Stones, but below the Who, and the Ramones would be, you know, just below the Who. But it's a Ramones love letter, not a Who love letter. So there you go. So that was way cool. I'll put that picture up. I hope you've had at least three cool things happen for you over the last how many weeks has it been since i've done a show i hope you've had it happen have, that stuff happen so uh i will say good night that's Adolfo. right good night frau blucher yes we've come to the end of another dimland radio show it's been so long since i've done one it's so weird it feels strange to be but but, but good to be back sitting on the couch talking nonsense to you guys you've been listening to dimland radio on the z talk radio network at ztalkradio.com i'm your host jim dr jim fitzsimmons reminding you to sleep with the lights off check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission.
This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, I'm going to hell. hell.